On this week's episode of the Racing Junkies podcast, we discuss Brad Keselowski's win at Talladega, what was Denny Hamlin thinking at the end of stage two, we look over the Kansas preview, as well in F1, they go racing in Portugal this weekend, and we discuss the possibility of Colton Herta joining F1. Let's get into it. Kyle Busch is an ass. So, Brad Kozlowski wins an exciting one at Talladega. Mm-hmm. I'm just more impressed that they didn't wreck on the last lap. Uh, it, I'm very uh, surprised by that, too, yeah. I think that might be the most cars left running at the end of a restrictor plate race in a while. Was it really? I don't know. I mean, the one that I can think of that had more, maybe, but they did all end up wrecking at the start-finish line was last spring's Talladega race when Ryan Blaney, like, door-slammed Eric Jones to win. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, no, it was a good race. Um... It was dominated pretty well by Fords. Yeah. Which I'm okay with. And sometimes there's like six or seven in the, the top spot, so. Yeah, I remember at the end we had, we were looking over the uh, pre the um, the highlights before we went over this, and there was seven Fords in the top seven when they were restarting. So it just goes to show that Ford has the game plan here, and it's almost like they have, I don't want to say the best car, but the best car for pushing because mm-hmm. their, their noses are so flat. We've been over this countless times where – they can really lock up because the bumpers are so flat to one another. Right. Makes it good. Oh, yeah, for sure. Makes it bueno. Makes it um, mucho bueno. Mucho bueno. So, for Brad Keselowski to win, Matt Benedetto had to make a mistake, and he did. So, <laughs> yeah. on the last lap, he decided that he was going to jump up in front of Ryan Blaney, and that looked like the right move, except at, the, at that time, it was like a split second later, Tyler Reddick jumped out of line and killed the momentum on the top lane. Mm-hmm. Like, if that had not happened, I think Matt Benedetto and Brad Kozlowski would have been either wrecking in the backstretch or been door-to-door at the end of the race or three-wide with Michael McDowell. No in-between, like it's one or the other. No, if Tyler Reddick had stayed in line, then that probably wouldn't have happened, and the, it would have been a very close race to the end. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. And, and we might be talking about a Matt Benedetto win for once. That would have been crazy. I mean, I guess it's a week to pick him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meanie. Anyway, Matty <laughs> D with uh, another close one. He was close last year at Talladega. He was close last year at Las Vegas. He was mm-hmm. close at Bristol in 2019. When's he going to break through? It's It's got to be soon. Like, I can I can feel it stirring. It's well, brewing. if it's not soon, he's not going to have a ride next year. That's Yeah, that's true. That's the ups, That's the bad part about that's it. That's the reality of it, yeah. You need to win races to get rides. And when Sponsors you're in a, and all that. basically like a fourth Penske car and you're not performing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not great. Yeah, <laughs> but on the other hand, you got guys in the back of the field that can just buy their ride, like Quinn Health, who made possibly the worst decision I've ever seen. Well, no, I've seen him make worse decisions somehow. Like last year at Texas, when he paid from the third lane and cleaned out Christopher Bell and put him head onto the wall. Did he really? Yeah. Oh my God. And then this week, he decided that the second lane was appropriate and cut down on Ricky Stenhouse when they're all coming to the pits and. Sent Stenhouse into the wall. <laughs> I'm surprised Stenhouse didn't go kick his ass after the race. He deserved it. That would have been funny. I would I would pay to see that. Like, but the broadcast I found just kind of skimmed over it. Like, they really should have gone an emphasis on Quinn Health there. Like, he they, cleaned him out. There was no doubt about it. He went down there and cleaned him out. Yeah. 
stupid. Co- we gotta get more coverage of that. Like, I yeah, want, we that's what to, I want to see. That's the content. I know we need to see more content of Quinn Huff screwing everyone else's race over. Oh yeah, I'd love to see that. Between that and Joey Gase and everyone else, it's pretty pitiful. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah. Aside from the four dominance, uh, Toyota's had an okay day. They were, you know, doing okay, and then I guess Denny Hamlin went two laps down because of speeding penalties. Something like that. Yeah, it was. T- I think it was two laps down he went. Or it was one lap down, he caught the draft, he went, caught back up, and he was fighting for the lucky dog position. He was in the lucky dog position by a while, mm. by quite a bit. But he decides that he wants to unlap himself. I don't know if it's his ego. I don't know if it was... Uh, like, lucky dog at Talladega, you're still going to end up pretty much in the same position as you are even if you unlap yourself. Because you unlap yourself... You're still at the tail end of the lead lap because you can't catch up anyone else. Right. So you're going to end up pretty much in the same position. And at Talladega, passing is so easy that you could be back up at the front. Why not just drop back, save that lucky dog, and you don't have to deal with wrecking your own car and ruining your day? Seems like a good plan to me. Like, it was. I don't know what he was thinking because it wasn't even like he was trying to help Bubba because every time he got a run, he was trying to pass Bubba, who was in the lead, like that's his car, mm-hmm. and Bubba would throw a block on him. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know? Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking. That was just stupid. It, it, it kind of was when you put it that way. Yeah. It makes you wonder. Sometimes Denny Hamlin looks like a genius race car driver. Like the last couple of weeks he's looked like the class of the field and everything. And then he goes and does something stupid like this. Yeah. What were you thinking? Oh, my God. I, Yeah. I don't know. No excuse, really. No, there's no excuse for it. Do better, Denny. <laughs> Do better, Denny. Do better. Got to make that a hashtag or something. Make it trending <laughs> on Twitter. But if you... The guy obviously should have a championship. He's like a Mark Martin. They're so close all the time. Mm. But it's stuff like that that makes you go, eh, <laughs> kind of makes well. sense why he doesn't have one. But, I mean, everyone makes mistakes. Trust me, I've made lots of them. Yeah. But I don't drive a race car 200 miles an hour. When you're put in that position, exactly, you, it, you're really frowned upon if you do make a mistake and when you do make a mistake. It's almost expected that you do everything perfectly. Make and then mistakes. when you mess, mess something up and it's just, Gone. Make a steak, Calvin. Make, make a steak. Did I say make a steak? Yeah. <laughs> I can go for a steak right now. I would love a steak. Like a nice uh, tenderloin or something like that. Steaks are lit. Steaks are so I good. was watching this like show last night. Yeah. It was a great American barbecue show oh, with yeah. my dad. And it was this guy Shotgun. It was in the first episode. And he was just yelling about his brisket. Or it wasn't his brisket. It was like his ribs or something. <laughs> Have you seen that guy with like the, the steak seasoning on TikTok? It's like, it looks like black. Mm. You just like grow up. Right, this is real man state. <laughs> Stop saying it looks burnt, right? But no, it's like a bunch of people from the south, and like one from California, and this is a great American bake or barbecue show. Oh my! They all like these big smokers, and like Rutledge Wood hosts this. This kind of ties back into NASCAR because Rutledge Wood is like one of the main hosts for NBC for NASCAR. So you know, this is still a racing podcast, and I can talk about steak if I want to. I don't care if it's isn't talking. But no, I seriously want to go to the south just to try. Like their barbecue. Oh, yeah. Because our barbecue up here is like salt and pepper. Yeah. And barbecue sauce. I got to go to, um, I want to get crawfish and like, where is, where is it? Like Louisiana or is it? Yeah, it's like, I think Louisiana. I don't yeah. know. We're from like Canada. We eat polar bears, okay? Leave us alone. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like crawfish would taste a lot like shrimp, but I don't know. It just looks so good. See, that's what I'm thinking is yeah. that like they're the same as shrimp. They're, I, looked, I, I don't think, because I'm not a huge fan of lobster, but it's not bad. But I feel like it'd be a mix between shrimp and lobster, but I don't know. I wouldn't know. Did you see on the scene on TikTok where the guy cooked an entire alligator? Oh, yeah. It was on the barbecue. <laughs> I don't know what. At first, it was like, that looks gross. It's like a whole alligator, like everything. And then afterward, I'm like, 
God, that looks really good. They say alligator tail tastes like chicken. Really? That is good. Wow. I would definitely go for some alligator. I would try it. Like, I would I'd, try it. I would try pretty much any kind of meat that's been cooked properly. But they say you got to take like a certain thing off so that it gets the fishy taste out of it because it's like a fishy chicken. Yeah. Because alligators in the water so much. I never. Allegedly. I don't think I've ever eaten like an amphibian or a reptile or anything like that. No. Like I don't think. I'm trying to think, but I. No, it's just been I've like. I've eaten cow, pig, chicken. <laughs> pretty basic stuff. Yeah. I might have had tried snail oh, once. And actually. fish. Fish, yeah. I might have tried snail once. There was like some escargot somewhere, and my mom had it. And I, I tried some. It wasn't that bad, but I wouldn't get it again necessarily. But yeah, no, I ain't any snail. <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> what is a snail? Is it like a? <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> like a what? thing that goes slow. It's what SpongeBob has in his basement that Gear. he tortures. The tool. <laughs> That's a bit kinky. SpongeBob definitely has some kinks. <laughs> Poor Gary, dude. Like he, he's so traumatized. You can only say meow. Is he a cat? I never watched SpongeBob. No, you, <laughs> you never watched SpongeBob. No. What? That's like a staple of my childhood. Um, no, like it's it's supposed to be like a cat version of like in what underwater would be. So it's like a pet. But snails don't live underwater, do they? I, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, maybe they do. I don't know. I've, I've lost track. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I was going to try and make a snail reference over there, but I mean, everyone is fast at Talladega. And I can't go back to beating on Quinn Hale for a little longer, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, Talladega was a solid race. It's always fun. Um, yeah, Ford dominated. Yep. And honestly, all the other manufacturers are probably going to have to team up to beat Ford at these races. You look at the Daytona 500, look who won. It was a Ford, even after wrecking the two Fords that were in the lead, and Kevin Harvick was at the front with Cole Custer at one point. Yeah. That was five Fords in a row. Mm-hmm. And then you look at uh, Talladega last fall, Ryan Blaney won, he was in a Ford, him, Joey Logano, Brad Kozlowski dominated. Mm-hmm. You go to the Talladega before that, and, oh no, fall race, Denny Hamlin won. That was a Toyota. It's Denny Hamlin and Fords. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's what it seems like, yeah. And it's, it's always... Like, Ryan Newman's up there in a Ford, Ryan Blaney, um, Denny Hamlin. But, no, it's it's pretty much the Fords and everyone else. Eric Amarola was up there for quite a bit, too. and uh, That speaks volumes. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice to see him up there, but then, you know. What happened to him again? Amarola? Yeah, yeah he just, that's white <laughs> racing. You get shuffled to the back. Yeah. That's all it is. Um, but, no, then... Uh, We'll go over the results. Braxlowski obviously won the race. And then William Byron got over Mike McDowell by one one-thousandth of a second. You know, yeah. got a football field lengths right there. About, yeah. Uh, but no, William Byron continues his top 10 streak. It probably the hardest track to continue a top 10 streak. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of insane. But, I mean, that just goes to show William Byron is breaking out. And we, uh, sorry, we didn't know it was coming. I can say all I wanted that I knew it was coming. But, like, it was coming. It was definitely coming. And yeah. it's and it's nice to see because he was so dominant in trucks. It mm-hmm. took him a bit to get used to the Infinity car, Infinity car, Xfinity car, Infinity, Infinite. Yeah, I spit my gum yeah. out. This is bad. Yeah, I was wondering why I had gum there. He started. Yeah, I should definitely spit it out. I have a trash can. <laughs> yeah, give me a trash can. There you go. Perfect. All right. <laughs> oh, um, shit. Yeah, and then what was I saying? Oh, William Byron. William, yeah. yeah, he yeah, gets William like Byron. he gets a crew chief and Rudy Fugel, who we had in trucks mm-hmm. that he's comf- comfortable with. He's got Tab Boyd, who's like they pulled up the spotters for the wins at Talladega, yeah. and like first is like T.J. Majors, but he had Dale Jr. and Joey Logano as his drivers, and Dale Jr. and Joey Logano are two of the arguably best 
plate track drivers. Right. Like ever. So obviously TJ Majors knows what he's doing, but he he kind of knows what camp to jump into. <laughs> <laughs> There's a factor. There's a common denominator there. Yeah, and then they think Tab Boyd had like six. Oh yeah. So because I think he was Joey's spotter before. TJ Majors took over for Joey. Okay. Might have been that way. And then I think Brad Spotter's up there. And Eddie DeHaunt, I want to say, is the other one. Because I think Eddie, Eddie, yeah, Eddie DeHaunt is a spotter for Michael McDowell. Mm. So that's also the one that Truex fired because he wasn't good enough on plate tracks, according to yeah. Truex Jr. So I don't know, Martin. I think that might have been on you on the plate <laughs> tracks, considering. <laughs> Your old crew chief on the two first plate track, or crew chief spotter, finished first and third. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. fourth, Kevin Harvick. Uh, Solid. Quiet day. They actually led more laps today than the rest of the season. Really? Yeah, I started crying when they started throwing that fact out. <laughs> Not happy. Yeah. Like, that's the most that Stuart Haas has led all season was oh at Talladega. Oh, God. That's, that kind of sucks. This is a rough year. It is really rough. Like, all around. Stop. Dumping your funds into F1, Gene Haas. Come on. Even though there's none there to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the Benedetto in fifth, if he had picked the right choice, it would have been first or second probably for him, or in the fence, knowing the way these races go and how desperate he is for a win. Yep. Sixth, Kaz Grala. Now that. That's a name I haven't heard in a bit. That's a, that's a good finish. That's with Brett Griffin. That's Clint Boyer's old spotter. Oh, yeah. That's just a team that goes out and has fun. Colleague racing. That's, that's yeah. just a solid finish. Like I think they hung around all, the back all day, but they always seem to be there at the end of races. Like They hang around the back and they come up because they're not rushing for stage points. They're running for wins. Exactly. Because they're not running for points. Seventh, Tyler Reddick. And eighth, Austin Dillon. So RCR had a good day. Yes. His teammates. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Reddick, I mean... He even said it on Twitter himself. He probably shouldn't have jumped out of the line so early because if he hadn't, he probably would have finished, you know, further up because that top lane would have moved up. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Ryan Blaney ninth, probably. Honestly, in Penske, I don't even know who's the strongest plate driver. They're all so good, all three of them. Mm. Blaine, like Joey, is stupid aggressive. Yeah. Brad used to be stupid aggressive, but it's kind of calmed down. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Blaney is just, you know, he makes calculated moves, but is also quite aggressive. So yeah. I don't know, there's obviously a theme there that Penske drivers are aggressive, mm-hmm. but you have to be on this kind of raceway oh or else God, you're not yeah. going to get in line and you're not going to have success. You have to force that position and there's room to do it, so why not? Exactly. And then 10th, Cole Custer. So Stuart Haas, this was the day they needed. They came out of Talladega where mm-hmm. normally you wreck cars with four cars still intact with no sheet metal damage really and four in the top 15. That's amazing. That is... We got Amazing like, for Stuart Hawes. We need like a round of applause for that. That's that's insane. Like, Seriously. That is. And for, even for Penske, they came out with three guys in the top ten and one destroyed race car in Joey Logano's car. Mm-hmm. Out of Talladega. Yeah. You know, you could have been like Hendrick where you had a car blow up in lap three and then Alex Bowman break something when he crashed and then have the other two also be in the crash and have sheet metal damage. Right. So... You know, RC, I think the winners for Talladega is pretty clear. Stuart Haas Racing, Penske, and RCR. The real winners. The winners in my heart. The winners in my heart. My and, truth. Yeah, you my truth. say my truth? I don't even know what that means. It's, I don't know. It's, like, it's a complete oxymoron because it's, you can't have your truth. It's just the truth or it's wrong. Yeah, it's your opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's your opinion, not your truth. But, yeah, it's, I don't know. And opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. But some are stinky.
<laughs> some are wrong. <laughs> well, some people have two. Oh. <laughs> that would suck. Yep. <laughs> but no, Brad Kozlowski's a guy that I've kind of done like a complete 180 on. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to despise Brad Kozlowski. Mm-hmm. But Why you, was that? Because he was Brad Kozlowski. <laughs> okay. Well, he had that feud with Kevin, or not Kevin Harvick. Well, I mean, I'm sure he had one with Kevin Harvick. I'm sure he did. But he had one with Carl Edwards, and I was kind of like, my favorite drivers growing up was Tony Stewart, Carl mm-hmm. Edwards, Denny Hamlin. Right. Um, And then he had that feud with Carl Edwards. So I love 2011. I absolutely love 2011 because it was Tony Stewart versus Carl Edwards for the championship. Oh, wow, yeah. So I was like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Well, obviously, I wanted Tony more. Yeah. But, like, if Carl won it, I'd been like, eh, you know, I can live with it. <laughs> not too bad, not too bad. It was better than Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> God, if Jimmy Johnson won six straight, you know what? I wouldn't have lasted past 2011. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, no, Brad Kozlowski, I, like, he was a hot, I don't want to say hothead, but he just seemed kind of stupid. Yeah. And I, even Joey Logano, I hate to say it, I'm getting a bit more respect for him. No way. A little bit. <laughs> like, he was right this weekend in his comments after the race, after a split. Yeah. That, you know, these big spoilers with these big runs, yes, it produces exciting racing, but it, it's enough is enough. Ryan Newman almost got killed. And if Bubba Wallace's car was, uh, like, six inches to the right, where Joey Logano's flip, it would have been almost a mirror image of Newman's flip. I, I had flashbacks almost of Newman's crash when he flipped like that. Yeah. And, like, it's just... You're playing with fire at this point. The only, I think the, the only way this is going to end with NASCAR, because they see what kind of product it is, is if someone dies, the way they're going with this. Well, yeah. I mean, unless they do something about it right now, but they probably won't. No, they won't this far into the season. No. And next season, it might be different. Maybe. Um, but it is what it is. There's nothing we can really do about it. Uh, no. And like Joey said, it's like the if you look at the picture – the roof, I don't know what part of the roof, but it hit him in the head. He's such a tall driver, so imagine if it, he just landed on his roof and it hit him in the head. Imagine it when he tipped back up if Bubba Wallace then drove through the middle of that car. It could have been so bad, and all the he, angles you can dead. see. I think, Ke- uh, yeah, Kevin Harvick went, went um, closer to the right side. Yeah, like, him. like he just, Kevin Harvick barely missed him, and Bubba Wallace was even closer. Like, Bubba Wallace had damage from it. Yeah. From his spoiler. Like, I could have gone so much worse. That was probably one of the best-case scenarios. That was first. the best-case scenario yeah. for where that blowover happened. Yeah. And you know what? It's not – you can't – like, blowovers happen in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. But you can limit them by how fast these runs are and how often it is that someone gets turned in front of the whole pack mm-hmm. like that. There is something you can do about it. But. Because, like, it happened. Ryan Newman got turned around backwards and was going to high speed, and the car just flipped over because the cars aren't meant to be going backwards at that high of a speed. Exactly. It's going to happen where you're going to have cars blow over. Mm-hmm. And you can't blame the aerodynamics on these because these cars are the lowest to the ground and the most downforce they've ever had pretty much. Yeah. And front, just, going that, front. <laughs> just that hit on that corner panel, it happens every time. It happened to Brendan Gaughan, it happened to Kurt Busch, and it happened to Joey Logano now in the mm-hmm. same spot, the same racetrack. Yeah. It hits that quarter panel, gets the car a little bit in the air, and a little bit in the air is a lot in the air with these things because they just start flipping. Oh, yeah, they just keep going. Reminds me of the Mercedes at Le Mans, just <laughs> spinning like that. Oh, I hate to see it every time. But. but there's, in a way, there's nothing they can do about it because, like Larry Max said on Race Hub that I saw that clip, mm-hmm. like they said, the only common denominator here is the drivers. Yeah. 
but at the same time, you can make it a bit so that these runs aren't so big, mm-hmm. that these wrecks, because it's almost like once a year now, if not more, that cars are flipping over. Yeah. And they're flipping at these dangerous places, and people are almost getting killed. Oh, yeah. Like, so. it's just, yeah, things like that. You can so easily get spun around, and when you're spun around, it's it's game over. It's horrible. And then yesterday, some big news came out. I just thought of this. I didn't have it put down in our show notes, but... Oh, really? Um, the next gen car got leaked. The oh. pictures, like for the manufacturer. So we've seen the base model that's not manufacturer specific, mm-hmm. but the one like that came out yesterday, yeah, is manufacturer specific. You see the Ford and the and the Chevy. The Ford more clearly. Um, yeah, I'm gonna pull. Toyota's it. not out yet, or no? They couldn't get it in the picture because it's clearly a leaked picture. Like whoever took oh. that picture is getting fired. Kind oh, of picture. it's that kind of picture. Yeah, it's that kind of picture uh, that came out. Like that first picture of the black hole, it just like looked terrible. Um, yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Let me see if I can get it. Let's talk about um, your favorite flavor of brownie. Are there any flavors of brownie or is it just brownie? I don't like brownies. You don't like brownies? No. What? Here it is. So I'm going to pull it up. You see that? Oh, yeah. So like the Ford looks mean, man. We'll post it on our Twitter later so everyone else can take a look at it, but wow yeah oh my god the ford does look really mean like that was so low like not even just low to the ground but it just looks mean the line the next wide. to the headlights and everything like it just looks wow yeah the chevy looks the same almost the chevy looks yeah, about the same but the front i really like that new ford yeah the ford looks mean mm-hmm. looks like kevin harvick winning races mean <laughs> it feels like kevin harvick winning races but yeah just the whole front of the Ford looks bulky and big and it looks nice. It looks modern but it still looks like aggressive. And it looks sleek like the A-Post like on the on the Gen 6 cars come kind of straight up but the ones on these ones kind of come in. Mm. So. Oh yeah. Oh. I like that. That's the thing. As long as they're hard to drive. <laughs> yeah. Some modern cars they start to look like sometimes they can go either really aggressive or really stupid looking and there's no in between. That's the kind of like new styling that I want to see on more cars like that more aggressive looking in the front I'm just glad that you can tell the difference between the Chevys the Fords and the Toyotas now like back in the era when it, there was literally a sticker on the hood and it looked yeah. different like it was stupid well oh, oh yeah you can tell well it's 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 awesome like they just the full front is just you, you take one glance and you know those those uh, manufacturers you can tell it immediately yeah it like awesome. the Chevy is very pointed nose mm-hmm. the Ford is a very flat nose and yeah. the Toyota is like if Ford and Chevy had a baby, kind of. Well, it's just kind of rounded and then like the scoop in the middle a little bit. Like very similar to the Camaro Mustang and Camry, so mm-hmm. in the front end. So uh, I like it. I like it a lot. So Calvin won picks. I did. <laughs> Corey LaJoy, you failed me, <laughs> but I understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going into Kansas. Kansas. I don't know if I've taken who I've taken. We got to do a list up. We have to because I can't remember. Okay, Daytona, I took Ryan Blaney like an idiot. I took... Um, you took BJ McLeod. BJ McLeod. What was the next race? <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a good start. Oh, it was Daytona Road Course. I took AJ Allmendinger and won, and you took you took a Ford. You took one of the Stuart Haas guys. Did I take Kevin Harvick that one? No, I took... Um, you took Kevin oh. Harvick. I did take Alex Bowman already. Shit. <laughs> oh, who, where did I use him at? I used him at a mile... I used him at Phoenix. Oh, my God. There goes my pick. Uh, let's see. We're going to Kansas. Kyle Larson. Okay. Oh, I uh, I guess I'll choose. 
I'll go with uh, Tyler Reddick. Solid. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, it seems solid. I don't know. Why not? Kyle Larson has a bad day, you'll win. But if Kyle Larson has a Kyle Larson day, he's been having a mile and a half. I'll probably take it. I mean, I'm uh, I'm just shooting in the dark. I just had to take like a, you know, a Hendrick because they're just stupid fast on mile and a half so far. Between them and Penske, them Penske Joe Gibbs is that that's the that's the that's the theme this season. It seems like it, yeah. Penske has three wins. Gibbs has three wins, and Hendrick has three wins, and then Front Row Motorsports has one. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the weird thing is, is that the only ones with like multiple wins is Martin Truex Jr. That's the right. only two-time winner so far. Yeah, that's nuts. That's that's pretty good for this this part of the season. Yeah, usually like I think this part of the season last year was the Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin show. Oh really? Yeah, like, like I think they were each at like three wins by now, and like, about to run away with it. Yeah, yeah. Denny finished with seven. Harvick with, like nine or ten. I can't remember which. So Ford hasn't won yet this season. No, they have all the oh. Penske. All the Penske, right? Yeah. Yeah. So pet like. Ford's flagship team right now is Penske. Chevy's is Hendrick, as it always has been, and Toyota's Gibbs is basically it's just Gibbs in twenty three eleven racing. Right. Which Bubba still doesn't have a top fifteen in. Does he not? No. Oh my god. He's been close so many races, and his crew chief has screwed it up so many races. Yeah. <laughs> it's wow. annoying. It's just I don't know. I get that they're a brand new team, and I under hundred percent understand that they don't even have a shop yet, really, mm-hmm. like their own shop. So. There's a lot of stuff to get done there in a short period of time. But, you know, they, they're they very close. And when they start getting top 15, they'll roll. But the haters on Bubba is insane. I've never seen anything like it, how many really? people hate Bubba. Really? Oh, my God. It is what it is. I did, well, everyone's going to get hate, but, like, yeah. But uh, I'm just really excited. Well, Kansas is going to be a good race, obviously, because Kansas is probably the best mile-and-a-half track. Is that, it? Las Vegas, and Homestead. Oh, okay. Those exciting. three. So... Very exciting. I can't wait. I'll have to... I might actually watch it this time. Might actually watch it. Well, the full thing. I mean... Well, I, you know what's great is the Bushy McBush race is what it's the called. The Bushy McBush race. That's my favorite part about it. That's the greatest name. <laughs> <laughs> we need more names like that. That's but hilarious. I think this is the telltale sign of... It, what did Stuart Haas learn from that West Coast swing? Mm. Are they going to become contenders or are they still pretenders? Yeah. Because this is a Groundhog Day, but... This is the race that determines whether Stuart Haas Racing is going to come back this season or not, or if it's going to be six way more, later. Six more weeks of winter. <laughs> yeah. Is this going to be six more weeks of Kevin Harvick sucking and barely scraping by in top fives, or is it going to be six more weeks of, oh, no, here comes Kevin Harvick? <laughs> oh, no, here comes Kevin. I, I'm hoping for that, obviously. Me but. too, but um, no, it should be should be a solid race. It should be similar to Las Vegas in a lot of ways. A lot of guys running the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see Alex Bowman probably be strong. He almost... Did he win here? No, he almost got his first win here. He finished second, and Kyle Larson, I think, was right there for that race. Oh, yeah. So Kyle Larson is good here. I think Tyler Reddick's good here, too, because they run the fence. That's actually a good pick. Ha-ha. Um, I knew that. You knew that, yeah. Of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I think you'll see Denny Hamlin. Actually, he had to drive from the back because he finished, like, 30-something. Oh. This is where it comes in that Denny Hamlin actually has to start from, like, the midfield instead of, you know, second every <laughs> race. <laughs> oh, my God. So, that should be good. It should be awesome, yeah. Uh, and this week, we get a bunch more Darlington throwbacks coming out, which we'll highlight next week before Darlington. All right. That'll be fun. That'll be really fun. So, now into F1. Formula One. Um, biggest news is the release of um, a new weekend setup for qualifying and everything. So, it goes like this, I guess. You have free practice one on Thursday, which is about normal. And then on Friday, 
you'd have set up what looks like a um, normal Saturday qualifying for the race on the Sunday, but this time qualifying on the Saturday for a sprint race on, did I say it right? Yeah, qualifying on the Friday, sprint race on the Saturday, 100 kilometers, um, and then whatever the placing of that sprint race is, is the setup for Sunday. And I think before the sprint race, they get another practice session. So it's free practice one, qualifying, free practice two, sprint race, and then That's insane. that is kind of insane. And I, I, it's kind of cool. They're only doing it for three races. And I think the first one's going to be uh, Britain. I think that's Silverstone. Silverstone, yeah. So I think that's the first one that they're gonna do, and um, I I don't know how I feel about. It. I think it'd be cool to see, but I also think it's mainly just a money thing. Like they can't get enough people in the stands, so they're just trying to the people that do come, they're coming for more events. Mm -hmm. So they're paying more for tickets because it's like you pay per event you go to. So if you want to go qualifying and the race, you got to pay for beat each ticket. Or if you only want to go for the race, you got to pay for that. So. People who go to the races got to pay for sprint race, qualifying, and GP. We think about it. Britain's doing very well with COVID right now. Mm. So they're probably figuring when they go to Silverstone, that's going to be like one of the first events back. Because yeah. when is Silverstone? Like June? It's, um, yeah, I think it's you. Uh, it's before or after Canada. I can't remember. But um, Canada should be right June in that 15th. summer months where they're planning on having everything opening up. Yeah. Yeah, that's money. Oh, that's money. That's bank. They're mm -hmm. going to get more people and more tickets. They're they're banking on that for sure. Um, and as for the future of it, I, I don't see it going that much further. I feel like they might do it this year, maybe a couple of races next year, but I don't. I mean, it depends on how well it goes, but. I'm not a big fan. It's almost too much. It is a little bit too much. Like, uh, 100, 100 kilometer sprint race. Yeah, I'm not a huge. I, I feel like with the 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 gaps of, of the cars there can't be a whole lot you're just going to tear up more cars you're not going to see people go full out because then they tear up their sunday car and i don't know how the tires are going to work if they're going to get more tires for that or they'd have to they'd have to because there's no way that they can they're just going to use the tires that they're given on a normal race weekend um, for a sprint race exactly so and but it is kind of nice to watch a sprint race though because most of the exciting stuff happens at the first bit and then once everyone starts to like get huge time gaps that's when it gets boring so it's kind of nice that way but also like it does, i don't really see a huge point no i'm not i'm not the biggest fan of it to be honest no it's because one it's just a cry for money you can kind of mm, tell oh yeah obvious and two you're gonna tear up a lot of equipment on saturday either a if they try hard and if they b don't try hard it's gonna be boring well if you're nikita mazepin there's more well, chances you're just gonna finish last anyway <laughs> or you're gonna dnf <laughs> yeah so like, i don't know Speaking it's, of that team, <laughs> there's been rumors that they're going to sell. I heard about that. I, I actually, I didn't read too much into it because I was just like, oh, it's probably just something weird. But I did you read something about it? Yeah, none other than Rich Energy. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, between oh. him and Mazepin's dad. Oh, my God. Well, that makes sense. And they're like buddy-buddy, those two. Oh, yeah. So you want to talk about Crook City and F1? <laughs> oh. My God. That'll be... That'll be quite the team. That'll be something else for well, sure. I'm kind of rooting that Haas does get into F1 because that's more funding for NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to look at it. It is nice to have an American team though on on Formula One, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, go either way. It'd also be nice to see an American driver in Formula One. That's I'd, I'd rather see an American driver than an American team to be honest. Which they're looking at Colton Herta. 
Could be. That's been that's been a rumor. He won at St. Pete last week in the IndyCar. Mm-hmm. Um, and one second, shout out to IndyCar for not starting this race at the same time as Talladega and losing all your viewers again. Thank you. <laughs> Thank but, you, and have a good day. Um, Colton Herta to F1. That's been a lot of times. So I think he's only like 21. He's very young, and mm-hmm. he's very talented. He's won quite a few road courses where IndyCar does run the oval and the, and the road courses, but he's very strong on the road courses. Yeah. That, you know discussion that maybe he does go to f1 but i think if he goes to f1 he has to be in a top ride yeah He's, i mean young kid like talented prime real estate for red bull right there either alfatori or the main team like i could see them hopping on that pretty quick you know maybe no that that's pretty much locked up for next year but the year that checo leaves brings sonata in you move Whole herd of AlphaTauri, if you want, but they also got like Liam Lawson and all that neft too. Yeah, like Red Bull is almost too much. They wouldn't give up Gasly though, because he's doing really well in AlphaTauri. No, but, but he's not going to get moved up to Red Bull, and he wants to go further. He's going to leave. He's probably is, yeah. But they'll probably bring like Liam Lawson in or something, some guy or that other. I don't know his name. He's from like India. Oh yeah, I've, I've heard about that guy. I can't remember his name. Me neither. Kind of, but yeah, I think the only opportunity really for Colton Herta is almost when George Russell goes. For the Williams, yeah. For the Williams, and then maybe the Mercedes seat. Yeah. Uh, Like, for Bottas, or for Hamilton if he does retire. That's that's Mm. one. Or uh, replacing, like, Kimi Raikkonen at Alfa Romeo and then going to Ferrari one day. It's Kimi's just a wild card. You don't know when he's going to leave or what he's going to do. And (laughs) it's not like Antonio Giovinazzi is lighting the world on fire. No, he's really not. Like, there's no reason. I mean, I don't know how long his contract is for Giovinazzi, but it can't, like... Alfa Romeo can't be like stuck hard up to, to keep him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He's very average at best, so I can't see a whole lot of that. But. Plus, like, if you bring a an American driver in, they're moving to two American Grand Prix next year. Like, they can yeah. really grow the sport in America. Oh, they if really they, could. especially if they get Colton Herta to come over. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you need to get Colton Herta in a top car, or else he's not going to go, yeah. or he shouldn't go, mm-hmm. because he has a chance now to stay in IndyCar and win championships, like Scott Dixon, like Will Power. Get his Indianapolis 500s and dominate because he's he's a talent. Oh yeah, for sure. And IndyCar is a great um, benchmark for that too, because they're, the cars aren't manufacturer specific. They have different liveries, but they're very lightly or not at all uh, modified by the teams. I'm not too so sure on IndyCar. I that's what I've heard, and I've saw a thing of comparing them. I think, um, but it's it's great for for seeing the actual driver talent versus mm. you know how good a manufacturer is, right? Which F1, you can't really see that much, but it's also nice to have the manufacturer battle. So there, there's a huge opportunity for him if they're looking for, for someone like that. Yeah, like Jimmy Johnson going five laps down and then his teammate winning the race. <laughs> what was that? Uh, the first race of the season. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, he went three laps down the first race of the season. Second race of the season went five laps down when Herta won. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously a learning curve for Jimmy. I'm just giving him a hard time. Oh, yeah. I want him to succeed, but it is a huge learning curve to go from a stock car to a high downforce car like that. That's night and day, not even close. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine going around corners at that speed on a high downforce car. Yeah, but I mean, that's probably why a lot of, I don't know, it's so weird. You see guys that come from IndyCar into NASCAR, and some of them have success, and some of them can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And you see NASCAR guys doing IndyCar, and they can't do anything. Didn't um, Kimi Raikkonen race in NASCAR for a little bit? Yeah, he tried. Yeah. And he just needed water. Yeah, I need water. <laughs> I need water. That's the funniest clip. <laughs> Gotta love Kim. <laughs> you should try to put that in, maybe. Oh, I might. I might try to do that. Next pit stop. I need more drink. More drink. Um, but 
No, like Tony Stewart started off in karting mm-hmm. slash uh, what was I think it was I think it was literally called karting series. I'm not sure what it was. Yeah, it was the one. Yeah. Anyway, he won I think like a championship, and then he went to NASCAR and dominated. But then like Sam Horse Jr. tried to be like that. He was an Indy car. He came over. He really couldn't get anything going. Mm-hmm. Um, Juan Pablo Montoya, who was in F1 for a while, came yep. over to NASCAR and got like two or three wins and wasn't the most competitive. But he was solid. He was a solid top twenty driver, but. You never can get anything really going. Yeah, it's it's all about how fast you can adjust the car because you don't have that much time to adjust. And, I mean, it's got to be so difficult to do I think, that. like, that's why I personally think Tony is, like, one of the best to ever do racing mm-hmm. because he got in a NASCAR, won three championships. He won an open-wheel championship. He still drives sprint cars at his age and is really good at it. Yeah. And, like, has a lot of dirt track experience. Like, it's... It's a long resume that he has going on. He's still racing. He owns a team now. Very versatile. Yeah. A you guy just, that can jump into anything. You just got to get into rally now, and then it'll be like the jack of all trades. Man. Oh. <laughs> that, that's kind of crazy. Rally is nuts. Rally is nuts. Oh, my God. Like, you're getting... You don't know the, the course, and you're just getting calls. Like, <laughs> okay, up ahead is going to be a hairpin left. Like, you know, keep it... Like, Wait, they don't course. know the course? No, there's a, there's a guy in the car just giving call-outs. Like, okay, and... Up here, like, 200 kilometers, there's going to be a hairpin left first gear. Like, just send it. And it's it's I insane. no clue. And, oh, my God, yeah. Like, I tried racing a rally, like, on, on dirt rally, just on my computer. And it's, I don't, I don't, first, I don't understand the calls that much. I know what the turns mean, but, like, they say, like, keep left, sixth gear, 300 or something like that. I, I don't know what that means. Um, if 300 is the speed that the max speed you should do, or sixth gear, if it's fourth, I don't know. It's Well, sixth it's gear is sixth gear. Hairpin well, turn is hairpin. They don't. But I wonder if 300 is the degree angle of the turn. It could be because sometimes they say like, um, if it's like crest over, it's like a little jump, mm-hmm. and then I don't know. They don't say gear though. They say just like keep it for crest over bank right or something like that. Okay. And it's it's weird. I don't know. And it's it, very weird. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll always break too early. Like I'll, I'll go into it first, and then I'll be like, oh, this is easy. They call the hairpin. I'm like, I got this hairpin comes out of nowhere i'm in sixth gear i'm like i'm gonna <laughs> i'm on dirt i can't break that quick rip the e-brake run into some bricks like it's hard it's really hard props yeah. anyone who can race rally well like uh colin mccray back in the 90s yeah but another thing for colton Herta to go to f1 just jump back on that is that mm. he probably needs some funding oh we definitely need funding so whether it's be an american company jumps on with them or something he needs mm. a ton of funding to go do it it's prime for an American company. Like that'd be awesome in an international racing series, an American, especially Formula One. Yeah, especially where F one can grow quickly in America if they want to, because mm-hmm. especially the American driver, like we said, they need an American driver to do this. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And they're even getting F one guys in there. I think like Sebastian Bourdais, I think was in F one for a bit. Mm-hmm, maybe uh, yeah. they mentioned him. I think Romain Grosjean <laughs> running there now. Yep. Which he's doing good, and I like to see it because I it's, actually didn't mind Roman Grosjean. I don't know, maybe cool. I didn't watch enough F one. <laughs> <laughs> I like Roman. I like him when he was racing for Lotus back in the early two thousands. Uh, he was doing really well. Him and Kimi Raikkonen were on, were on Lo- the Lotus team. Okay, and that was me and my dad's favorite team. When, uh, but then Lotus um, sold. I can't remember who they sold to, but uh, too bad. But oh well. Yeah, like Lotus used to be a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, BMW had a team. BMW. Like, there's a lot of teams that I have no idea where they come from. Oh, yeah. I saw, um, I think I might have talked about this in an episode a long time ago, but there was a whole um, graph time chart from the start of Formula 1 to now and all the teams and what they 
they came to or what they, you know, in what year, what teams and how long they kind of stayed. So what teams haven't left? Just Ferrari? Just Ferrari. Ferrari's been from the start, but other than that, um, McLaren, once they came in, they've been consistent. Mm -hmm. Like I think 70s or 80s or something like that when they came in and they've stayed consistent in McLaren. They haven't sold out. Um, And then um, I think there's one more more team that's kind of consistent, but I can't remember the name or I can't think of it right now, but I got to find that and Mercedes? No. Mercedes? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because it wasn't like Jensen Button in like a Mercedes car, but it wasn't actually Mercedes or something. I don't know. It it was weird. And then there was um, I thought Jensen Button raced for uh Braun GP. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that came for one. Um, was it, well, yeah, one season and then just dominated. Yeah, and then they left. Was it Ross Braun? He's now the the chief, not the FIA, or the head of Formula One or something like that. Really? He is, yeah. That's nuts. It's hilarious. You'll see him every once in a while, like, on the, the coverage on, like, Sky Sports or whatever. I saw a clip the other day, and it was, like, of a soccer game. Yeah. And it was, like, a British soccer game or something, and they just were chanting, Sky Sports sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, okay. Uh, I, it's a little bit off topic, but you, the chants you'll hear in, like, if you look at um, soccer in, like, the UK and stuff like that, the chants they'll have is so, like, elaborate. Like, it's full-on sentences yeah. of calling someone whatever. It's not just like, let's go, da, da, let's. Yeah. It's like I don't actual. know how they come up with it. Like, how do you get that many people to start chanting I know, and they're like, you can hear it clearly. It's perfect. It's 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 astonishing how, you know, into it they are and how much, you know. Like, the NHL does have some of those. They do have a like few. Like, when Patrick Kane was on the ice one time, they started chanting, she said no, because he had, like, rape allegations against him or oh, something. Oh, damn. Yeah, and then there was one, oh, Nashville's known for it. Whenever mm-hmm. a, the other goalie lets in a goal, especially in the playoffs, mm-hmm. they'll chant their last name like, oh, yeah. three times. So if it's like Marc Andre Fleury, they go like Flurry, Flurry, Flurry. Oh, yeah. And then they'll chant, You suck. <laughs> and then it's all your fault. Oh, okay. Yeah, three times over. And it's after every goal, too, that they do that. Just kind of get in the goalie's head. Wow. I, I, I got to see more of those. But. Yeah, hockey chants are pretty interesting. They're kind of insane, yeah. Especially They're, Winnipeg. Winnipeg goes hard. Do they really? Oh, yeah. Winnipeg has some loyal fans, and they go hard. Oh, my God. I got to watch more of those. That's so cool. I, I It's amazing how people can like all be on the same page and say the same thing. So is Portugal a good racetrack or a terrible racetrack? What is? Portugal. Portugal, It. I think we, the first time we had it in a while was last year, and I don't remember it that much. There's a really cool... Um, I don't know if you call it a hairpin, but it's kind of like at a 30-degree angle, and um, it looks amazing. Um, I remember the the start of last year, uh, Max Verstappen, like on turn four or five, right after it, um, just kind of pitted um, Sergio Perez, mm. which is kind of unfortunate for him. Um, but it's a it's a seems like a pretty fun track, to be honest, um, and. Um, I mean, it's not like one of those tracks that we that race every season and have raced every season. We don't know a whole lot about it. Um, so there's a lot of speculation on who's going to be good at it and who's going to shine. But I think it's going to be a, a common Is thing. this the track that uh, Will, or, uh, Russell like crashed at during call, under caution? Uh, maybe. I can't remember. I might have been. I'm not sure. This looks a lot like the one that... Uh, IndyCar race that like starting oh, season. Oh yeah, like it. It looks a lot the same. Maybe I'm just being stupid, but it looks very similar to the Alabama course they ran at the start of the season. It does look kind of. I I haven't seen that one in a little bit, but I I, I can get behind that maybe. Mm-hmm. It looks like it would have some 
solid spots for tur- like passing. Like obviously into one is going to be the biggest spot. Oh yeah, it, u- it usually is get- because that's a just a slam on the brakes turn. It's a common thing to get the battery charged up throughout the the whole uh, entirety of the track and then just let it all off DRS in the open straight and then get him on the first turn. It looks like one six. And yeah, one and six are probably the best spots for passing because six looks like it's at the end of a long straight after a, like a horse, like mm. a, a kink at five. Yeah. So one, can, six, and I can kind of see in three and four, like that front end of the track is probably best for passing and then the rest of the track is probably good for just getting your battery charged for one. Exactly, yeah. I can see there could be some cool stuff too around eight, nine, ten. Is it the S's or no? It's, oh, it's I see, weird, yeah. So they, if, if someone can like position themselves in the right way, so that coming out of 10, they kind of come on the inside. Mm-hmm. I can see that happening. With those like three corner little S's, it's, it's, uh, you can put some, you can be pretty creative. I kind of wish F1 expanded like 24 race cars instead of just 20. Yeah, I think it would be cool. Um, like it'd be great. Everything but the, the start of the race. Yeah. The start gets a little bit hectic and it depends on the track too. Well, I mean, that can make it more entertaining for us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially something like Monaco. That's just chaos. I mean, nuts. Now, I would hate to drive a car on Monaco. It's like, that's terrifying. There's mm-hmm. just solid walls everywhere. Yeah, Monaco sucks. Oh, yeah, Monaco sucks. And especially, um, I think Charles Leclerc was talking about this because I saw him do like a, a virtual like um, tour. Like he was playing F1 2019 or something like that. And he did a little, because he, he, he's from Monaco. Mm-hmm. So he was just like, oh, yeah, so here's this corner. And then I grew up like here. And then all this stuff is really cool. But he's like, the tunnel all the drivers have like the they choose a tint for their visor and depending on the if it's cloudy or not and if it's like a sunny day in monaco through the tunnel their eyes have to adjust to the dark of the tunnel and with a tinted visor it can be really like Mm -hmm. tricky to see well they do have it lit up but it's nothing compared to sunlight no so i never thought about going in and out of the tunnel how their eyes would adjust and if they could see especially coming out if there's a quick i don't know if there's a turn coming out of the tunnel that would be nuts there there's a little bit like there's a chicane out of the tunnel i think um like a pretty tight one but um it's not for a little bit right after it's not like right after but um yeah like it's it's just crazy and Mm -hmm. that the hairpin in monaco like it's it's kind of nuts that especially sucks like i know some nascar races Mm -hmm the sun will set and they can't see half the track oh yeah because it's right in their eyes the sun mm-hmm. and it'll be just over the grandstands and they'll have like a, a tinted visor but they'll not to switch to a day visor at some point or like a night visor because if the tint is too dark right so that's yeah that's just those small things i never think about that's like it's kind of crazy especially how the track much. changes too because oh, yeah. like it'll just you know cool off and get faster and mess with the balance of the car so you gotta that's with the t- tires and all that stuff all that yeah stuff. it's a lot of your suspension stuff it's crazy the amount of adjustments they have to make through the race especially when it goes from day to night that's mm-hmm. why the day to night races usually have like guys that are good at the start and then bad at the end or you know ones that come and go yeah so yeah you can see a, a pretty uh drastic shift when it goes to day to night for some drivers whether it's good or bad but it all depends i think we should go with the a thousand horsepower zero downforce package for nascar uh, you mean the suicide package? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Carl Edwards said he'd come back and drive if they brought back. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they said if they went to that package, he might consider coming back for a race or two. <laughs> oh, my God. AKA, he hates the package now, and that's why he left. But. Yeah. That, that's terrifying. I, I, that's, yeah. 
I mean, no thanks. I just want to hear the cars screaming into the corners again. Can we bring that back, please? Yeah, it is kind of fun. It is like, nice to hear. I just want to hear cars screaming into the corners. Just absolutely wailing. I, I don't know if we can put a clip in here or not of a car wailing. Maybe. But what they were going, I remember there was a race in like 2014. I think it was at, I want to say either Michigan or Auto Club. One of those tracks and they were going down the backstretch three wide into the corner and all three of them were just screaming. My God. Like, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see none of this 550 horsepower. It was so close. Even if, you know what? People complain that the races are too, like, too spread out. But that's what shows the better driver. It's true. It's the guy that can spread it out. Mm-hmm. Instead of having it all the same and everyone's so tight together, it doesn't show who the best driver is most of the time. It just yep. shows who has got the best car. And, and that kind of goes back to, like, if you value racing for the entertainment purposes or the like skill of the driver the manufacturer. I want to see the skill of the driver. Mm-hmm. I can give two shits about entertainment sometimes because yeah. I want to see how good this driver is because you'd see races where Jimmy Johnson, hate him or love him, the car was hard to drive and he would wreck the car and then go win the race. Like, not wreck, he wouldn't hit anything, but he spin out because the car is so hard to drive. Yeah. Bring that back. You go through an entire race at Richmond and you don't wreck a race car. The only wreck you got is because a guy's inexperienced and another guy blows a tire yeah it's not because the guys are back into the wall because they can't hold on to the car because the tires are falling off it's because the car is too easy to drive exactly for these guys mm-hmm. I guarantee you, i go in that car i'm wrecking it <laughs> exactly no yeah. chance i'm surviving I'll, I'll survive but there's no chance i'm you know rolling away from it like yeah these guys are the best drivers in the world let them showcase it mm-hmm. stop putting the cars so close together and let them like racing happen naturally and get rid of the playoff system <laughs> <laughs> you had to throw that in too. Yes. The playoff system is stupid. It is racist. It doesn't show who the best driver is. It shows who the best team is for one race. Yeah. It's, it, it yeah, it, I, I hate it. I think it should change, but. It should be whoever is the most consistent through the season because that's what motorsports is. You can't make a playoff system out of motorsports. You can't. Mm-hmm. Because you got guys sandbagging. I guarantee Chase Elliott is sandbagging right now. Oh, yeah. He hasn't shown up. All his teammates have. He is sandbagging. He will show up in the playoffs. And you know what? Quote this, he's going to make the championship four. Right now, Chase Elliott will make the championship four because he'll probably win at Martinsville because he's sandbagging. You're going to curse it or jinx it. I don't care. (laughs) Still calling it out. I'm calling it out right now. He is going to come out strong. I don't know who else is sandbagging, but he is sandbagging. It sucks that the the playoff system, it leads to sandbagging because that's an actual strategy Uh to get you to win. Because he doesn't want NASCAR finding his stuff that's illegal on the car that they'll normally find so he can save it Phoenix. (laughs) The same thing he did last year. Did he win the championship fair and square? I think so, yes, because one, they didn't get caught. Yeah. You're not cheating unless you get caught. (laughs) And he didn't get caught, so you can't call that cheating. Okay? Yeah. All power to him. But there was definitely something up with that car. Okay? Yeah. The way he drove through the field and then doesn't show up three races later at Phoenix. Yeah. Where he just dominated, but then he doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. Come on. You're not fooling anyone, Chase Ella. You guys are sandbagging and sandbagging hard, and you're going to get a, go get a win in a road course where you guys dominate. Like, one or two wins, and then you're going to run through the playoffs and probably, I don't think he goes back-to-back, but I think he will definitely probably make the championship four. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just... You know, by the time they realize, oh, there could be an issue with this, or you could be cheating, or whatever, it's too late. You already won. Like it's it's done deal. Like, you know, so it sucks that that they they have to use that as a strategy, and it's an actually valid thing to do. But that's that's what the playoff system brings. Yep. Yep. 
Face. And you know what? Maybe that's what Stuart Hawthorne. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no but could you, you know what? Maybe. No, I'm just kidding. NASCAR <laughs> took away like some crazy amount of downforce in the rear of the car. But you know what? If Stuart Haas finds something and Kevin Harvick finds something, depending on who Kevin Harvick is, I don't think he's the guy to sandbag. You saw it last year. I, I don't Nine wins. But you know what? Maybe once another championship, he'd be like, yeah, maybe you should sandbag this a little bit, Rodney. And then all of a sudden, boom. Championship four. <laughs> that's what we're hoping for. And that's... Yeah, I don't think he's missed a championship four, except for last year. Last year was his first missed championship four since they introduced the playoffs. Wow. That's impressive. I mean, Groundhog Day is coming up, so. God, man. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, I'm done ranting. That was like a three-minute rant about playoffs. <laughs> it was a good, it was a well-needed rant. I think we need a playoffs rant every episode. <laughs> yeah, until they fix it. Because until this is stupid. It is really stupid. I'm yeah. not a fan. I'm Stage not a fan. racing is stupid. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Playoffs are stupid. They're all gimmicks to get more wrecks. Let yeah. the wrecks happen naturally. Yep. Let the racing happen naturally. If you start messing with someone, something, the diehards are going to get pissed off and leave. Mm-hmm. Because you're messing with it. Yep. You can always bring more fans in, but you can't lose those OGs. It's the it's like the business aspect of of racing, which I hate. Mm-hmm. They they want to get more money over. They want to get like oh the news stories about crashes, and then that gives more exposure to, you know, that's one way to look at it. But like it, they got to separate you know proper amount of money with true racing. It makes the exciting finishes that much more exciting when they happen more rarely. Exactly. You look at Atlanta two thousand one. I can pull that one right off. Atlanta, when Jimmy Johnson and Carl Edwards were like side by side to the line. The time when Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin hit each other and Kyle Busch came by and passed them. The time at, at Auto Club when uh, Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Busch were racing and Kevin Harvick came with a big run on the outside just passed them. You know, those finishes you remember. Yep. Uh, let me think of good finishes. Uh, the Cole Custer one was pretty cool last year where he passed the guys four wide on the outside. Mm-hmm. But it's just. But it's, there's so many of them that it ruins it. Oh, I know. Well, that's the thing. It you need to have boring races so that the good ones are like are good. You mm-hmm. need to take the bad with the good, and you got to realize that not every race is going to be amazing, but it just makes the good races even better. Exactly. You can't oversaturate it. You can't mm-hmm. have like they said these game seven moments they're going for in the playoffs. Yeah. You can't have that every single time, or else it's not a game seven moment. It's not realistic, and it's ruining it for the future races that are going to be really good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Gosh, man. <laughs> Rant over. That's enough. All right. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you next week. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. Give this to your grandma or whatever. No, I'm kidding. Please follow us on Twitter Please. at Junkies Racing. On TikTok at Racing Junkies Podcast. I post some terrible TikToks that you might enjoy. And Probably will enjoy. If, you, if yeah. you enjoy us ranting here for a good six, seven minutes. Oh, yeah. This, this rant is definitely going on TikTok. Oh, I want to see it. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that's it. <laughs>